0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner. And in this Bullet Points episode, let's talk about easing out of lockdown. Now, I'm aware that we have people listening from all over the world, all at different stages of lockdown, COVID restrictions and social distancing. Our circumstances are quite different. But the reason I'm talking about this with you, my most excellent listeners, is that a lot of you have been in touch to express how you're experiencing fatigue, a little bit of anxiety, uh, apprehension, and a general lack of motivation as we enter this new phase in our COVID-19 experience. And that's re-entering society, basically. In the last year, we have had to get used to a very new normal. First of all, it was understanding there was an invisible and deadly airborne virus. That's some really intense information. Understanding it, accepting it, living with it, that was just our first step, and it was a big one. Then we had to accommodate a new way of working, For many of us, we had to work from home, get to grips with new technology to be able to dial in, perhaps work in less than optimal surroundings and environments. Others were furloughed or made redundant, and that purpose, the reason to get up in the morning, was no longer there. What about leaving the house and suddenly seeing the shop shut, but also everywhere you looked, people were wearing masks, quite rightly, signposting yet again that the world was now a very different place and just the act of popping to the shops to get essentials was now a calculated risk. On the 23rd of March 2020, when Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced the first of the lockdowns here in the UK, I don't think anyone expected the lockdown and restrictions to go on for as long as they have. We've discussed at length on this podcast the various ways to see the lockdown restrictions as a positive, um, stealing that idea of when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But when she came on the podcast earlier in 2020, Lily Cole referred to it as the great pause. And that really made me think about it in a new way, because let's face it, how many people, how many generations have had the opportunity to pause and just consider This idea of pausing is the kind of thing one might associate with someone privileged enough to take something like a gap year or a sabbatical. The quest to take time out to find oneself is normally a decision you make, not a decision that's made for you. The great pause for some has been an opportunity to take a look at life and figure out if where you are, who you're with, the work you're doing, all of those things, are the way that you want them to be. Cue an existential crisis for anyone who has never really analysed those things up until this point. For others, there has been no pause at all. Then let's consider all of those people, and I'm sure there are many of you listening, for whom life didn't pause, but became more frenetic, more panicked, more perilous. And as you know, I've spent many years working in the beauty industry, and seeing all of the beauty professionals who had to close their businesses was utterly heartbreaking and so hard to watch the pinch that those people felt as many people have was just hideous to see but this idea of the great pause was one that really stuck with me and I tried to as I tried to flip the script if you will and see the positives in my own lockdown situation and experience I wonder whether it's this element of the pandemic that has seen so many people I know move house Out of flats to houses, out of the city to the countryside, out a bit further since it's not been possible to go into big cities like London, for example, for so many of us. And also realising our proximity to it doesn't need to be such a key factor in where we choose to live. The whole time I worked on magazines and lived in London, my decision about where I lived was made with the tube map in mind. I wanted to be on the tube line that my office was on, no changes if at all possible, and with a minimal walk, no more than 10 minutes between the station at home and home. Those sorts of considerations are no longer as relevant, as for many of us, working from home has proven to be as productive, if not more so, than the nine-to-five office life so many of us saw as not just the norm, but the structure that supported maximum efficiency. However... As my friend pointed out to me the other day she runs an office of about 20 staff many of whom are in their 20s and early 30s and they are now completely missing out on socializing at work having a a gossip with their friends in the beauty cupboard or flirting with the guy at the coffee shop around the corner every day and that stimulus that we just take for granted as part of being out in the world and living our lives it's just gone for them and it's really hard to put a positive spin on that. We don't ever really question the norm, you can only know what you see, right? So as we ease out of our various lockdowns, it's confusing that the normal we knew is not the normal we're going back to. And that's the common theme in the messages I'm receiving from listeners. It's another thing to get used to in a 12-month period where we've all had to accommodate a huge amount of change and disruption to our normal. When all of this started, most of our yeses turned to no's. And these were pretty easy transitions because the reason for that shift was... Because of the government, law, prime minister, president, delete as applicable, said so. Perhaps this is part of the reason why going into lockdown felt slightly easier when we compare it to, as many of you have messaged, easing out of it. We didn't really have a say in the matter, and the information we were being given by scientists and health professionals was that it was for our own good. It was a good, sensible self-preservation to follow the rules, but it's a slightly different story as we come out of it. When your temporary reality, one of being locked down, for example, is safer than your new normal, because let's be honest here, while vaccination programs are being rolled out and lockdown has reduced the R number, the virus hasn't gone anywhere. It's a completely rational response to be tentative. When I was in recovery after my breast reduction, I went back to work really quickly. So, honestly, uh, less than 24 hours after my surgery, I was at my desk editing podcasts because I felt completely fine. I was on email, I was chatting to people. And less than a week, I think six days after the operation, I spoke at an event because I didn't want to let my friend down. I promised weeks before that I would do it and I didn't want to let her down. So, against my surgeon's advice, I went and I spoke at an event and I felt fine. I was a bit tired maybe and a bit tentative navigating public transport in a busy room of people after a week of doing everything including sleeping propped up and without any obstacles to work my way around but it gave me a sense of confidence that made me think I didn't need the prescribed six weeks to recover. That was until my third week of recovery when I had my dressings taken off by my nurse and one of my stitches popped on the train home and I didn't realise until I looked in the mirror and there was a nice bloody patch under my left boob on my white t-shirt. I looked as though I had been shot, albeit in a bad film with a minimal budget for special effect makeup. But suffice it to say, after chatting to my friend Nick, who was so kind and walked me through dressing my wounds via a what's that call, I did put my feet up. And it was only once I leaned into the rest and recovery, as a lot of us have done with lockdown, we've had to lean into it, that I began to feel just how much I needed it. And don't worry, the parallel with lockdown is relevant because at six weeks when I was given the all clear to go back to normal, I felt a bit wobbly. Wobblier, in fact, than I had felt when I went out six days after my surgery and gave that presentation. I got so used to the new pace of taking it easy that going back to normal, in inverted commas, was something I was really excited about, but actually a teeny bit afraid of in a way that I wasn't expecting. In the end, that first week back was one I took very, very slowly. All that's to say that I think if you're feeling tentative, nervous, scared, apprehensive, uneasy, then you're right on track and, have a perfectly, and are having a perfectly rational response to your circumstances. But there is always a curveball, isn't there? The people you know who have gone straight back to the way things were and seem to be living their best lives, which you can't help but see because you're riveted to every post they share on Instagram. Everyone is going to go at their own pace. Some people will go back to things much quicker than you will. Others might take longer. Personally, I'm still saying no to most things, mainly because I expect I'm just days away from getting that all-important text inviting me to get the vaccine. So I've reasoned in my mind that a few more weeks pretty much lockdown can't hurt. A few months ago, though, back in January, I was talking to my clever friend, you know her well, Claire Coleman. And... I wasn't really sure we'd sort of come out of lockdown a, a bit, but not much, and a few times. And then we were back in it again, and things were a little bit unclear, which has sort of been a running theme, really. But I asked her if she thought it was safe to go and get a coffee. This was uh, when we were still very much, like I say, we were still sort of in the up and down bit of restrictions, and takeaway was available, but was it a good idea? So I messaged her saying, Claire, is it safe to go to the supermarket and also go and grab a coffee? You're my clever friend, and I can't tell if I'm being overcautious rightly or regressing into agoraphobia and the reason why i mentioned that is because when i went through depression one of the things that i did one of the sort of signs was just slowly hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Not leaving the house and being a little bit scared of going outside. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't going back down that path. And her response was perfect. And you guessed it. Sensible and clever. She replied... If it will save your mental health, yes, it's safer than not going. Just wear a mask, sanitize, socially distance, and wash your hands thoroughly when you get home. Wash the mask, etc. This was, as I said, back in January. If you're one of my most excellent listeners who understandably is feeling tentative, then channel Claire. This week, on Monday, on yet another Groundhog Day, I could tell that if I stayed home, it would not be healthy for my mind, more than anything. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm at Emma Guns, you'll know I'm working out and keeping myself physically healthy, but I realised that staying so locked down wasn't supporting my mental health, even though I was doing it for all the right reasons. I took Claire's advice and prioritised my mental health on Monday by doing things I felt comfortable doing um so I went to a car wash and I'm laughing because I, I hadn't hadn't planned on telling you this but there's a really confusing <laughs> junction near my flat and instead of using it in the way that I want to to turn right I I drive to a different place do a um do a u-turn and then come out of a different exit so i turn left and it always reminds me of zoolander because you know zoolander can't turn left and i often wonder is it because he knows somebody who in america where they drive on where obviously in america they drive on the other side of the road from the uk where there's someone who can't turn left and i always think about zoolander when i don't want to turn right anyway i turn right on monday is what i'm saying and i went to the car wash And I had my car cleaned. The poor thing hadn't been cleaned in 18 months. Although the guy who ran that hand wash was having a laugh if he thought I was going to go for the full works. He said that I needed the wash that would cost £95. Um, No thanks. Anyway, so I left my car. Waited for that to be washed. I sat in a churchyard reading while I waited, called a couple of friends. I popped to the shops and then I sat in a friend's garden in the evening chatting for a couple of hours, all socially distanced, all very, very safe and responsible. And compared to the last few months, that was a really big day. But actually, by checking in, realizing that another day inside was less positive than the calculated risk of being outside and I hasten to say this again, while observing all the rules and taking all precautions, the thing I had felt worried about, scared of, anxious about, tentative of doing, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So if you're feeling anxious about easing out of lockdown or the last year has left you feeling frazzled or your nerves feel frayed, then I'm going to share some links in the show notes to counselling sites and resources that may be helpful because it it is a very odd transition. And if you're struggling with it or you're feeling tentative, You're not wrong for feeling that way, but if you feel as though a little bit of support might be useful, I'm going to put those links in the show notes and I hope that they will help you navigate this new phase with greater ease. Be kind to yourself. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one.